0: Ever wonder what motivates people to get plastic surgery?
1: Did they regret it?
0: What can we learn from the weird and wild stuff that happens at our plastic surgery clinic? We're going to tell some stories, get some laughs, and learn on
1: Clinic Talk with Sabrina Sajin
0: On the Plastic Surgeon Podcast
1: Hello, my friends. I'm Dr. Javad Sajan. and of course, I'm here with my lovely wife and CEO of Allura Aesthetic, Sabrina Sajan.
0: Welcome back, and thanks for listening. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to support the channel. On Clinic Talk, we tell real stories of fun, strange, hopeful, and educational things that happen at our clinics from day to day.
1: We get a lot of weird and hilarious things happening at the clinic.
0: You can find the clinic at AlluraAesthetic.com for more information. So, Janu, What clinic stories are we talking about today?
1: We had a wild week. Didn't we coming back from the holidays?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So a lot of things, you know, come back after the holidays, like people. uh, We hope you
0: guys had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah,
1: I hope it was amazing. I heard the Fucci friend returned.
0: Yes, the Fucci returns.
1: So what happened?
0: So um, I think we've talked about this individual um, a few clinic talks ago. Um, it's this individual that, um, came in to use her coupons, um, for
1: her Botox. And she was the one wearing the fake Gucci mask and screaming coupon in the lobby, right?
0: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we dealt with all of that and now we're here.
1: And she was the one, we gave her free product just to get her to leave. She wouldn't leave. Yes. Okay. I remember now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She wanted to use her Botox coupon. Um, and she wasn't a good candidate for one of the procedures that she wanted or, you know, treatment that she wanted to do so in order to compensate for her time for just coming and just nicely leaving we gave her free
1: product and i heard that she made a comeback uh, this week right Yes. what happened and i I thought we had her number blocked though
0: yes um so unfortunately because um she you know called and called all of our staff um you know bad names and she used a
1: b word i heard
0: Yes, B word and all sorts of other words um, and yelled and screamed on the phone and all of the stuff. So we ended up you know, telling her that we're going to block her number and we appreciate her not to call this office anymore and that we're just not a good fit for each other.
1: So when you guys told her the first time you're going to block her number, what did she say?
0: She didn't think that we were going to. And then I guess we, we ended up doing it because she kept calling and calling and was demanding to schedule an appointment. So now come whatever, a few months later on Monday, this starts. And, you know, we get this call um, and from another number and, you know, we answer the phone and we ask for you know, some, their phone number to kind of pull up their account in our system um, and we pull her up and, you know, it's it's her. Um, and, you know, of course, we have tags and stuff in our system where we can, you know, we flag people Um, to just make sure that we're carefully, you know, um, speaking to them and we want to make sure that we're setting the right, you know, expectations.
1: So she got on the blacklist, right? (laughs) Yeah. What's that? What do you guys call that?
0: Do not schedule list. Mm, The
1: DNS list.
0: Yes, the Mm. DNS list. And so she calls and here she is demanding to get on the schedule for filler. And we're, you know, of course we we say, we tell her, you know, unfortunately due to Previous interactions with our office and with our office staff. Unfortunately, we're not able to schedule you at this time. And she's like, "What do you mean by that? What do you mean? Who said that? Who over there is saying that about me?" Mm. And I'm, you know, they went on and said the same thing to her, and you know, then she hung up the phone. Um, then an hour later, she calls from another number, and says a different name. Mm. And we're like, "Okay, this sounds exactly like who just called an hour ago. It's a different phone number." She says she's someone else now, which we pulled up in our system, and that now, number is also on the DNS. List.
1: Yes. Now we can't say her name, but I heard it sounded like literally mini Me. Yes. That was she gave a name that sounded very similar to mini Me. Yes. Like Austin Powers, Doctor Evil.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and um, they she we pulled that number up, and it's also that one's flagged in our systems. So same thing again. Unfortunately. So wait, is
1: she mini Me, or is mini Me somebody else?
0: Well. This person says that's her friend and she's trying to schedule this appointment for her friend. Hmm. And her friend's name is Minimi.
1: That's not the real name, guys, but it sounded like that. So we're using a a pseudonym.
0: Yes. Um, And she says this is her friend that she's trying to schedule an appointment with. And she said she's going to be coming with her friend because her friend doesn't speak English. Um, And we're like, unfortunately, because of COVID restrictions, we're unable to have any guests at this time. You know, we're happy to, you know, have your friend on, you know. The phone or FaceTime to translate, but just because of COVID restrictions, we just can't have additional people.
1: This is the only time COVID has actually helped us. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
0: God. We use it to our advantage in this situation. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't take that for an answer. Um, she goes on and on and on. And eventually, you know, the staff members are like, unfortunately, I can't help you any further. Um, and we just can't help you any further. Hangs up the phone. Next day comes, and I'm in the office on this day, mm-hmm. and she um, she calls again same number. Um, and then we're like, okay, now we've got to call a different number. So now we try to block that number and then anonymous calls start after that. Mm, um,
1: star six, seven blocked. I correct.
0: Guess. So okay. block numbers start. Um, and she's calling again with, from a block number and gives her you know phone number and says, I need to schedule an appointment for a Botox and filler. And we're like, unfortunately we aren't able to assist you at this time because you know, previous interactions with our, we're just unable to meet your expectations. Hmm. And, you know, I think that's fair, you know, we and we really strive and we say this to all of our patients and um, clients here, we really strive to provide excellent customer service. And if we feel that we're unable to do that for someone, we're just not a good fit. Exactly. And I think that's very fair, you know?
1: Exactly. Just like when you get your hair done, sometimes that stylist can't do anything to make you happy. You got to go somewhere else.
0: Exactly. So, you know, someone if a practice or a surgeon or a provider is telling you that they're not a good fit for you and we're just not a good fit for each other, I think it's the best thing is just to take that as a positive and to find someone else. Nothing so, that's fair.
1: So what did she say when you guys told her that?
0: So she just would not take that as an answer. Like she kept repeating over and over again that she that we must, and she's threatening on the phone, that we must schedule a, the filler appointment, the Botox appointment for her. She's like, what do you mean by no? Why would you, why can't you do it? You needed to just do it right now. And she's using all these words again.
1: How but, does she threaten us?
0: Uh, she's saying that she's going to actually just show up and we're going to have to do her Botox for her. her.
1: Oh, that's crazy. She said, if
0: you don't schedule, it, I'm just coming there. So we talked to her and then hung up the phone. Of course, she calls back literally 10 minutes later, again, with a block call. Um, and we say the same thing again. And then finally, because the calls were getting extreme and she was getting very aggressive over the phone and threatening us and um saying all these bad words and you know, things that we don't want to hear um we eventually end up telling her that if she calls the office again either from a block number or from any other number we're going to call the police the yes. police yes we said this is the last call we do not appreciate you calling us from block numbers we do not appreciate you keep calling and threatening our office staff and if you continue to do this we are reporting you to the police
1: and And, and I heard you guys made a change in the phone system, too, right?
0: Yes, we um we blocked all blocked calls,
1: so we had to make a complete system change because of her,
0: yes, so we had to completely block any callers that are calling from block numbers,
1: so now no one can call our office from block numbers correct. That's wild, Yes. and she's been quiet since then,
0: yes, she, she probably couldn't call us anymore because we blocked the calls and we blocked if her.
1: there was if there were pay phones, she would call us from pay phones, <laughs> Probably. That's unbelievable. That's
0: unbelievable.
1: unbelievable. Um, so that that's so wild, you know. But her not being able to come is one of the COVID restrictions we have to work with now, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah, so unfortunately, because of COVID restrictions, you know, we're unable to do many things that we were able to allow before.
1: I know. So, and one of those one of those restrictions is, you know, unfortunately, we can't allow children in the office, and we can't allow, um, you know, for app- appointments unless it's medically necessary. Right now, we're not. We can't allow a second person to come with them.
0: Yeah, like a guest or caregiver, friend type of
1: person. Yeah, we are accommodating. We'll Facetime somebody in. We'll Skype mm-hmm. them in. We'll do everything we can, but we're required by the governor's requirements to limit people coming in.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's it's sad, but I mean, it's it's kind of hard, you know, for us. Like we want to have, you know, we 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 want we weren't allow that. We were allowing that before, of course, because of. COVID, we're unable to do it now. But unfortunately, we have to follow the rules and the law. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the facilities licenses on the line. There's providers here whose licenses are on the line. We just can't take these um these risks. You know, we have surgery patients that are coming in. We want to make sure we have to make sure we are protecting all of these people. We just can't have additional people. And um, a lot of times patients don't understand that. And I'm sure you've kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. went through that when people are coming for consultations and they're demanding for. To bring a friend with them or um, whoever else with them to their appointments, to their consult appointments or whatever. And it's it's really difficult. You know, it's something that's not not in our control.
1: Exactly. And and I have to say, I hate the restrictions. I don't like them. I don't want them. You don't want them. Mm -mm. But the hard part is we're forced to do them, to stay open. Correct. So, you know, know.
0: And I understand also that a lot of times like patients, you know, in the past were able to bring in, for example, kids to their appointments, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, To their Botox appointment or filler appointment, you know, they brought their, you know, five-year-old or three-year-old or whatever it is. Um, But at this time, we're just unable to. And, you know, I understand it's hard to find childcare and, you know, patients have given us these reasons. that you know, I don't have a babysitter for my child. My nanny, you know, is not there anymore or I can't afford a nanny. What do I do? Like I can't Unfortunately, that's not in our control. Mm-hmm,
1: it's, mm-hmm. it's
0: really hard. I mean, I feel bad saying we're unable to treat you because we're unable to take you back with another person.
1: Exactly. And the hard part is, you know, the restrictions are one thing. But unfortunately, you know, we all have, you know, not unfortunately, I say we all have to do our part to mitigate disease. And, you know, we understand how this disease spreads. We understand the science and we have to, unfortunately, minimize contact where we can safely.
0: Yes, we we really do. And, you know, we're doing, you know, our part in doing all that. And we really appreciate all the people that understand these things. Um, and really, you know, we have to follow the ro- you know, the law and the rules. And, you know, it's just, it's just, would all just be helpful if everyone would just cooperate and just follow the rules.
1: Now, we've been able to make some accommodation, right? Like, so, you know, we had to stop our warm beverage service, but now we've got new service, right? Yes. So, what's our new And we stopped making cookies too because of COVID.
0: Yeah. So, instead of, you know, open and hot beverages, we have, you know, closed packed beverages that people can grab from the fridge um, in the lobby. And then instead of the hot baked cookies that we used to do, we're giving wrapped Farrow share. Um, chocolates upon entry. So, um, just you know, everyone's adapting to the changes, and we all have to do our part. And you know, there's some things that we won't like, and some things, you know, that we will like. You know, so we have to kind of just work with each other to make it all work.
1: Yeah, and and I'm trying to get frappuccinos we can give out so people get coffee still somehow. Yeah. (laughs) So you know, Sabrina and I, you know, we live and breathe um, our patients, you know, care and our practice. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have nightmares. So last week, uh, we had a really bad nightmare, Sabrina, wasn't it? That was your nightmare. Yes. Tell tell me, what was that about again?
0: Yeah, so this is, I think, a couple weeks ago, and I I just, like, got up in the middle of the night. I think it was, like, what, 3, 4 a.m. or something? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you were like, what happened? And I'm like, I literally had a nightmare that I walked into the office at 730, you know, whatever time we get here at seven thirty in the morning and the entire lobby was full of people like jam-packed people and there was little toddlers everywhere on the floor laying on the floor they had drinks everywhere cookies everywhere no one had masks on and I go in there and I yell one of our front desk staff's name I'm like what is going on here uh-huh. and I literally yelled and that's when I like woke up like that that's how much like
1: this haunts me. I know. And, you know, it haunts us obviously for safety, but there's something called the COVID police in this state. I'm not going to name the inspector's name. We know them. They're nice people. We respect them. But they're coming around. They're checking clinics and all open businesses to make sure you're being compliant. And Sabrina had this nightmare right when one of our friends just got inspected by the police.
0: Yeah. So one of our practice friends, um, another practice who's, you know, good friends with us, um, they had a COVID inspection um mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make sure they're following all the COVID precautions and they're following the social distancing and all of that. And right after that, I had this nightmare because I was so worried, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure, like, you know, I mean, it's difficult. You know, you have to make sure you have a certain amount of people in the lobby and you know, rooming, you know, patients accurately and not too many people are waiting in the lobby. I mean, there's a lot of, you know a lot that we have to do to protect everyone. And it's, you know, it can get overwhelming.
1: Yeah. With that, you know, we're a small business, guys. You know, we're not some Fortune 500 hospital here running around. Mm -hmm. You know, we, yeah. And with COVID, obviously, you know, everything is less, you know, we're not doing the same we used to do. We're grateful we can be open and we're doing something. We thank God for that. Uh, But you have to implement these restrictions while bringing in a lot less revenue to support our employees than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's a real challenge, but, you know, we're, we're thankful we're all healthy so far and we're safe That we're going to keep chugging along and, you know, un- enforcing all these rules that nobody likes because we have to.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: So guys, you know, as, as our company has been slowly, slowly getting more um, staff and growing, we interview a lot. Yes. <laughs> so I got I to share the story what happened last, uh, uh, this past uh, Tuesday yeah so I know when when we started the company, it was approximately four years ago mm-hmm. and we started a new um program for accepting um i got i gotta be careful, I can't give too much away, but we basically started a new program in the practice for gender affirming care or transgender care mm-hmm. so we had just started this program to deliver the care. And I had one person who was the designee who ran the program, and she was the only one who knew anything about pronouns, how to schedule, what to do about the billing for their, because we accept insurance for gender-affirming care. She did all of that. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And so she worked for me. And then she worked for about nine months. She built the whole program, and then one day, she disappeared. Doesn't show up for work. I texted her, we called her. I only had four or five employees. There was all this outstanding billing, like tens of thousands of dollars. And we didn't know where she left anything because she was the only person doing it. Mm. So she disappears, doesn't, we think she's dead. We, we got no message for three days. And then on the third day, because we we're going to file like a missing person report with the police, I get, we get a text saying, Oh, you know, I'm having family issues. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. And she kept doing this tomorrow, next week, three weeks, three months, never showed up, ever. And because of this, we lost a lot of money. There were bills we couldn't follow up on. We didn't know where she left off. She was the only person running it. Appointments were not properly scheduled. We didn't know what patients had paid, what they hadn't paid. This was four years ago when we just did a team of five people. So it was very different than what we are now. So basically, she goes on her way. We got a replacement. You know, we lost some money, but we got everything cleaned up and we kept moving forward. And the patients got great care, obviously. We didn't pause the care because of the billing and the other insurance issues, but we kept moving forward. So, you know, we were hiring another role, another person for this role. And Three,
0: three years later. Yes.
1: Now we've come forward, forward. Yeah, fast forward three years. And we put the job posting again for this coordinator person, not giving the title away. And this person applies. Yes. She applies three times to this job after she literally, I felt, screwed us over. Screwed me over a big time. Um, and that, and um, she applied three times. I said, no interviews. I'm not interviewing her. Fourth time she applied, put a wrong, long letter about how she wanted to meet with me. I said, okay, fine. Uh, well, I, had my, I had our scheduling person schedule the interview for me. It was last week, this week, Tuesday. So this person comes in. They seat her down in my office, and I finish my surgeries, and I go in there and I sit down. She starts bawling, crying, and she is a a grown woman, um, crying, mask wet. And I'm like, um, I'm not going to say her name. Nice person, I'll use that word. Nice person. What's what's going on? She's like, my life has been hell since I screwed you over. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. My one child became homeless. My other child ended up losing their relationship. I had never lost a job. I've lost three jobs. Financially, I made some really bad decisions and I'm in peril. I came here because I know karma got me. And I just looked at her and I was like, wow. And in the back yeah. of my mind, I was thinking there is justice in this world.
0: No, and then you said... I wouldn't think I would ever see you again.
1: Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's what I said. I said, I never thought I was... <laughs> And she was like, no, I just came here to apologize and say I'm sorry and all of these things. Yes. And um, I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds great. I said, I appreciate you apologizing. I didn't say it was okay because it's not okay. I didn't, didn't ever say that. I told her it's not okay, but I said, I appreciate you making the effort and coming and seeing me. And then she's talking about how she feels bad and life is bad and all of this, right? And she's probably listening to this podcast is what it is now. So anyway, uh, and then she says, oh, you know, um, yeah, my job, my new job I'm at now delayed me off too. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. I understand. And she's like, oh, I saw you had a job ad on an Indeed. And then I just said, stop, nice person. I know the real reason you're here. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, you know why you're really here. You're not here to apologize or, or say anything. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're here because I have a job on Indeed and I'm paying more than anybody else for this job. And no one else is going to pay you as much as I would. That's why you're here. Speechless. Became bright red like a cherry. Like Patrick's ears when he gets upset. <laughs> Patrick's our anesthesiologist. He's a great guy. Anesthesia provider. He gets very bright red when he's upset. <laughs> and, when uh, patients lie to him. Yes. Oh, he gets very upset. <laughs> uh, but then I have to hear about it. But anyway, so, and... And then she just looks at me and doesn't say anything. I'm like, we both know the real reason you are here is because you think I'm going to hire you back and give you more money. You didn't come to apologize three years after the fact. You could have just sent me an email. You have my cell phone number. Yeah, I texted you a million times. You have that number. You could have just texted me. And you never responded to. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, you know, we had, we, we, then you know, she didn't say anything but a cordial goodbye and she left. It was, it was a, almost a surreal experience because I never thought I would see this person again. And this person, we had helped her helped this person out a lot, you know. Um, so I was just shocked how um, life came back. I'm not happy she had trouble. I feel bad um, for her, but it makes you realize, you know, I, I really believe in this. You know, I think there is a higher, I believe in God, obviously, but I think there's a higher power that looks after all of us. And I think sometimes we can have a lot of blessings. I'm not saying bad things I wished upon us, but sometimes those blessings may not exist if, you know, we don't do good for others doesn't always work out that way, but in this situation, i was like, wow, it did. Yeah,
0: I, I was shocked. I mean... What did
1: you feel about it?
0: I just... You know, sometimes you you hear about people, you know, that've moved on and stuff, and you hear, you know, chatter or gossip about things. Um, but this was a very unique experience because that individual came back three years later to say how hell her life had become and, you know, how... She felt she literally said this. she said, "Every single day after I did that, I remembered that I did you guys wrong, and that every moment after that was literally karma coming back to me because I basically screwed you guys over. And it was really shocking to kind of hear you know directly from that person who did it. Um, because a lot of times you hear about it um, and then you're like, you know, it is what it is. And then you, you, don't, you don't ever hear about that person again. Mm-hmm. But her coming back and saying that, um, I think was was crazy.
1: Yeah, that, w- that was wild. That's something I'm never going to forget. Yeah. So, so John, um, I know you do a lot of interviews too, right? And you have had some experiences with interviews too, right? Yes. So what's the most unusual thing you've seen?
0: Um, I've had all sorts of interviews. I mean, I've interviewed for many different positions um, for the company. As so Sabrina
1: has com- been hiring since she came to this company, <laughs> yeah, literally,
0: literally. Um, you know, I mean, our company's been growing. I would say since I've been here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you know, we're really blessed and thankful for everyone that's part of this, you know, growth. Um, and we have interviewed for many, you know, many many different positions, all the way from top to down. I would say. Um, so it's just, it really surprises me when people don't understand, or maybe they don't know, which is really shocking in 2020, um, how to dress for interviews. What do you mean? Um, like Pe- I've had people come to interviews in crop tops.
1: No, I've had wait, people, wait, wait, what kind of position?
0: You know, all sorts of positions, front desk, RN, um, and yeah, a crop top bookkeeper crop
1: top is a top that ends above the belly button, right?
0: correct like your whole abdomen is basically showing
1: so did they have like a sweater on top so you no, can no nothing low-waisted
0: pants free belly hanging in the air yeah low-waisted pants no there was not even a six six pack that they were trying to show off
1: what about a piercing
0: oh it was literally like ended like literally the entire abdomen was showing with a low-waisted pants they wouldn't didn't even wear a high-waisted pants
1: mm. they weren't even
0: trying you know um Seattle. <laughs> i'll say i never i've never seen that in the east coast so it must mm. be a seattle thing
1: mm, i think so
0: <laughs> the funniest thing was like uh, i remember when that person came and they checked and everything and two of the you know two of our leader you know um leadership staff literally turned around as i was going in the door they're like that's the interviewee was that a patient i said she's here for an interview
1: that's wild
0: they were shocked um flip-flops literally flip-flops for an interview for an interview
1: like the single toe flip flops. Yes,
0: the ones you would wear to the bathroom.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yes, literally flip flops. Um, what else? Um, without a mask, like totally denying wearing a mask. Like,
1: it's In, they're so, coming to a healthcare organization with no mask.
0: Correct. And I'm like, you need to put a mask on. Oh, I don't have one. Oh, well, unfortunately, I can't interview you.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Literally, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, just like very casual attire, je- ripped jeans, destroyed jeans, ripped all the way up to their,
1: um,
0: ASS. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, all sorts Back. of. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and what else? Like coming late to the interview.
1: Mm. I mean. I remember uh, the one person you guys sent away and she sent a, cause she was late and she sent a long letter giving some kind of fraudulent explanation.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I understand things happen and all that, but I mean, you, you can't come late to an interview. You'd rather just say that I couldn't make it, you yeah. know, instead of coming like thirty, forty minutes late. I mean,
1: I think her reason was she was lost. Yeah, I mean, come on, you got you got Google Maps or whatever, you know, get, yeah. get a Garmin for God's sake.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot, and I sometimes ask the staff that we currently have, and I'm like, so would you ever come to an interview late? And they were like, no. You know, a lot of our staff were like, we came the night before to kind of make sure where we were, you know, going and kind of you know scope out the area to make sure that we would come on time. Others was like, yeah, I came 30 minutes early and I waited in the parking lot, you know, or came 10 minutes early and make sure I knew where the office was and everything. I mean, if you want the job, you're going to make the effort to come on time.
1: Yeah. And if you're not going to come on time for your interview, how are you going to be on time to check my patients in for surgery?
0: Exactly. You know, this is a critical role, yeah. you know, it's, you know, you're a provider, like an RN or, you know, whatever else is critical, you know, part of the, you know, patient care and we, yeah, we understand things happen and, you know, emergencies do happen. But I mean, you, you got to be on time.
1: Can't be late, guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You got to be on time.
1: <laughs> so what's this other story I hear about um, a patient complaining that you all injected poison in their forehead?
0: Yeah. So this patient came in and saw one of our providers. It was Gina, right? Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. One of Gina our... has
1: the most unique patients. Yeah. I don't know why, but the patients who are the most eccentric, we love our patients. We don't use the C word. Uh, unless you're the Fuji friend. But any, anyway, she gets the most eccentric patients with the most unusual demands and, <laughs> and sort of follow-up care.
0: Yes. Um. So she came, um, the, this person came in um, and Gina saw them, you know, they got, were getting Dysport. Dysport is a neuromodulator. Um, it's like Botox. Um, to keep it simple, I'll just say Botox. So this patient was coming in to get, you know, Botox. And um, she did the treatment. Patient went home. Um, patient calls back, um, calls the office like a day later and says that they're having all these symptoms and they're like um feel that there's poison in their head. Poison? Yeah,
1: literally says the word poison. How did they how did they know there's poison?
0: They said that they're feeling all these weird things, they're feeling depressed all of a sudden, mm. and Uh, They feel like they're going to faint, and um, they've lost their appetite.
1: How many days after was this? A day after. Oh, my God. It doesn't even kick in for like three days.
0: Yeah, and they're almost sure that this provider injected poison in their head, and they don't know what to do with themselves, and that they're going to go to the ER.
1: The ER for Botox. Yes. For forehead Botox. Yes. Guys, forehead Botox is like a little nothing procedure.
0: Yes, they're going to go to the ER um because they're feeling all these things they literally think there's poison in their head and so you know we're like okay um send us pictures
1: before they said poison did they just say hey i'm having these symptoms can you help me that's a normal thing to do people can have weird reactions yeah Did they do that no so this person went straight to poison yes straight yeah from zero to poison or zero to 100 yeah wow
0: Yes, literally poison in my head.
1: Because sometimes you'll get this and that's okay. If you're having weird symptoms or something we do, talk to us, call us, we'll help you. Mm-hmm. Accusing us of putting poison, that's another. <laughs> yeah. That's a special person. Yeah. That's a do not schedule person.
0: <laughs> DNS list. Yeah. Um. So we're like, send pictures in. Do you see the, no, I don't see anything. I just feel all these things and all this stuff, right? So what we said, okay, fine. We'll schedule you to come in to see an MD. Um, uh, want to evaluate you, make sure you're doing well. Um so the patient uh, eventually schedules an appointment with an MD. Um the MD then just, you know, looks at them. Everything looks normal. Um I think one of their they wanted more symmetric eyebrows or something like that. So they put a few
1: drops. So you, you guys put more poison in.
0: The person said that that they had asymmetry and they weren't mentioning poison at that time when they came in. Mm. I don't know what it was. Sounds uh, like
1: somebody wanted free extra units. Maybe. And okay.
0: then, so they do that treatment and, you know, we made sure there were two, um, uh, two people in the room at that time with an MD to make sure that, you know, we're all on the same page and we're not making up anything here.
1: When you got that consent, I would have put poison in the <laughs> heading. Botox slash poison.
0: <laughs> and, and then this patient calls back and says, the MD put more poison in my head.
1: That's unbelievable. You know what um, I would have said? I'm just thinking about it now. I would have <laughs> told them, well, botulinum toxin is a poison. So you are correct. How may I help you? You know, yeah. What questions do you have? Literally,
0: they said that you guys put more poison in my head.
1: Oh, well, it's true. You got poison. What? Kind of, what? Was, you asked. You paid for it, and you signed off on it.
0: Oh my goodness! It was just, and then eventually they kept calling, and they said they go to the ER, and then they would say, "Well, if you feel that you need to go to the ER, then you should go to
1: the ER." Oh, that'd be a joke. They would kick that person out of the ER so quick. They would send <laughs> him to the psych ward.
0: <laughs> so yeah, they they. Um, they feel. I'm guessing they feel better because they stopped calling, or maybe they went to the
1: ER. I don't know. Wow. We love our patients. Weird things happen. We deal with it. Call us, please.
0: We need to put poison. In yeah. No one's putting poison. And
1: technically, okay, botulinum toxin could be considered a poison, but you're paying for it. You're asking for it. We we love all our patients, guys, but we got to be reasonable. Thank you for listening to Clinic Talk on the Plastic Surgeon Podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to support the channel.
0: Tune in next time for more Clinic Talk. We have more great stories coming your way.
1: For my live surgeries on Snapchat and adventures throughout the week, catch us on all social media at Real Dr. Seattle.
0: See you next time. Bye. Damn what? Well.